cohort, co-host, cousins, the Golden Eye, Goldfinger, and Skyfall to my Moonraker, Justin, Derek, and Tyler. We are recording this episode on July 26, 2017. This week was big, uh, especially for the Big Ten as they conducted their media days. Uh, they wrapped up yesterday, and the stories from all the conference media days have been hot and heavy. Uh, with that in mind, Cousin Tyler, in your opinion, what story or stories have been the hottest and heaviest? You know, overall, it was kind of an uneventful media days, in my opinion. But but the story that stuck out to me is Riley and the coaches' comments that they're planning on leaving Clue at safety next year. Uh, you know, we, we had a deep discussion last week talking about, uh, you know, the the – reasons why he should move back to cornerback but the coaches don't seem like they're leaning that way right now um Aaron Williams was on record saying that he's made a lot of progress at safety he looks like a new player and I think the big question is is you know if he is better truly at safety do we have the depth at corner to suffice and make up for that anyone want to chime in with this uh Riley did say that uh the depth at uh, secondary did concern him. You know, when I listened to the press conference of what he said on Big Ten Media Days, it, it just sounded like he was uncertain what's going on. You know, he was going to play some different uh, – he's going to play it – he's going to see how it played out basically in fall camp. I didn't get yeah. it was like a sure thing that Kalu was staying at safety. It probably is, but it, he just didn't make it sound like it was certain. Well, the Chris Jones thing kind of hit him upside the head. I don't think he was really prepared for that. I don't know if anyone was prepared for that. True. Derek, do you have any thoughts? Well, I mean, as far as what Justin is saying, yeah, obviously it's uh, pretty hard to say that that's what was determined when he said he is going to be staying at safety for now. I mean, we have no clue what's going to happen. It's a little scary to think that we're going to have Eric Lee and Lamar Jackson as our go-to guys at cornerback, considering Eric Lee had all of like two tackles last year and Lamar Jackson wasn't very impressive either. Hmm. Uh, Justin, any other stories come to mind coming out of this uh, media days? Uh, not particularly Big Ten related. It can be any conference you want. Big well, conference, Justin. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because I don't think there's any other good stories come out of Big Ten Media Days. I thought it was pretty boring. I was like so excited for Big Ten Media Days to come, and it was a it was a letdown. It really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought there was going to be some more nuggets coming out of there. Particularly, I was interested in uh, what the penalty for Stanley Morgan and Antonio Reed was going to be, but we didn't get a clear answer on that. Uh, but as far as Media Day goes. I thought that what came out of the Pac-12 was super interesting. Uh, they're going to experiment this year in non-conference games in the Pac-12, uh, a way to shorten the game. And uh, they're going to reduce halftime from 20 minutes to 15 minutes. And they're going to reduce the number of uh, uh, media timeouts and the length of those commercial breaks. So I think that is fascinating, uh, mainly because – Nebraska's traveling to Oregon to play, so we're going to be exposed to that. So we'll see how big of a difference it is, what it really means to a game from a viewer and from the team. But what do you guys think about this? I mean, is this a good thing? Yeah, Tyler, you have a rebuttal in mind here? Well, no, I I just – 
you know, I, is anyone chiming for football games to be shorter? Like, I like my halftime to bullshit with y'all or go out and take a shit or whatever I'm doing at halftime. <laughs> Something having to do with shit, basically, is what you're Well, saying. I mean, either I'm – yeah, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, mean, I, I enjoy my halftimes. I enjoy my commercial breaks. I enjoy my beer breaks. I'm not – this isn't baseball. I'm not chiming for games to be shorter. But, you know, more than that, I just am shocked that the NCAA would want this with all the recent – you know, studies that have come out with CTE and, yes. you know, what, what, yes. what's coming out with the safety of players. But, you know, the, you think you give them less rest, you know, the chance of fatigue, which would lead to injury, would go up. But, you know, we were talking about Oregon. You know, I, I'm really intrigued how this is going to affect Nebraska because, you know, Oregon's a fast-paced team traditionally. Now, if they are this year or not, I don't know. But if you look at going in the shorter breaks – that could be a huge advantage for Oregon if they keep that fast pace up because we may not be able to adapt to that and not get the rest we need on these media timeouts. So you don't think a full week? Yeah, go ahead, Justin. As far as the shortening of the game, I mean, you know, the, the slots that they have for these uh, the, the games, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. How many times are we sitting there waiting for the Nebraska game to start only to find out that we have to turn into like ESPNU or ESPN News to uh, – catch you know the first you know half quarter first quarter sucks, yeah you know? and if, if you're trying yeah. to record the game it it puts a damper in that you know you, it does it does it complicates things yeah and so you know if if you can get it under three and a half hours hey i'm with you tyler i, I don't i don't mind a four-hour game as long as it's entertaining but you know it's so you think do you think this is an overreaction, basically, by the NCAA to do this or by the by the Pac-12 to do this? Are they kind of, you know, doing this for no good reason or they're not really thinking this out? I honestly have no idea why they'd be doing this. I mean, college viewer, cultural viewership is as high as it's been in a long time. I don't know why you're screwing something that's not messed up. Yeah, Derek, you had a thought? The reason they, they're saying they're doing it is because the average – Pac-12 game is three and a half hours long, which is a half hour longer than NFL games. Okay, good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't. Yeah, pass so much, and if the reason why it's so long is because they pass so much in the Pac-12, and it, the clock never runs. Unless you're Stanford. Go ahead, Justin. So, so, uh, so they're doing this for non-conference games. Given the world, do you think this is like a way to give like an unfair advantage to Pac-12 teams against non-conference foes? Because they're calling out, they're not doing it for in-conference. You know, where like what you're saying, you know, they're they're uh, passing offense, tempo offenses in the Pac-12. Well, they don't want to beat each other up, but you know, if they can get that little advantage, you know, with uh, we're going to talk about some non-conference games here. Uh, yeah, in a little bit. So we could talk right. what effects that could have to these matchups. Indeed, indeed, it's intriguing, and uh, well, I think we should. Yeah, go ahead, Derek. I, I don't know what what an advantage really get them. They're not getting any more rest than the other team is. I mean, at the end of the day, they're both taking the fifteen minute ha- halftime rather than the twenty minute. It's not like. The Pac-12 is going to take a 20-minute halftime. <laughs> the team has to take a 15-minute halftime. No, but like, doesn't that take, <laughs> that doesn't that take coaching out of the equation a little bit? Like, I mean, you look at halftime, you know, I, I've, in my limited football career that I had, halftime is where you make adjustments. 
we we sure. always hear about this. If you're if you're at 15 minutes, gosh, by the time players get retaped up and coaches have a time to huddle up and look at stuff, you're heading back out in the field. Like I I just this this I don't like it. I really think this is a bad plan. Um, I I don't think it sticks. And Justin, I I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I think there is something about them trying to get an advantage by having the preparation of doing this multiple times during an offseason uh, versus not. I mean, it also could be a way to get through these FCS games they play and just, just get done with them because yeah. no one's watching. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thought. But uh, proof's in the pudding. If we see Pac-12 teams succeed with this, then there's your proof right there. Derek, one more thought? Well, this, this was voted on by the Pac-12 coaches, so this isn't – Something that the, I mean, the coaches are for it. They wanted to try it. So as far as coaching scheme goes, they obviously don't think they have their team ready in 15 minutes. Yeah, maybe they'll make adjustments. Justin, you have the last word. You know, I, I wish the, the Big 12 would adopt this because how many four-hour games is like teams like, you know, well, when Baylor had a team and then TCU and Texas Tech, you know. I mean, some of those games would go four hours, and God forbid the game that you want to see is on the same channel as yeah, their game right. is. You miss the entire it's first It's going to run into the game, yeah. and then there you go. We go back to that again. Uh, uh, so we are talking about non-conference games. And by the way, uh, good job last week with the Big Ten uh, games that you guys went over. But uh, we've got a lot of goodies coming up here, and uh, let's just tick them off one at a time. So who's going to start us off? Well, I think uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start it off. Uh, you know, probably the most intriguing game to everybody in the country is going to be Bama at Florida, Bama and Florida State in Atlanta. First week, Alabama's going on their third offensive coordinator in a, in a matter of three games. <laughs> Saving the country. <laughs> I mean, well, well Kip, Kiffin was their offensive coordinator on, during the uh, SEC championship. And then uh, Sarkeesian took over for the bowl game. And now they get, he went off to Atlanta and they got Brian Duball taking over. That's promising. So it, 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 it can make it interesting. It, it was already going to be an interesting game. But now let's see what Alabama's offense can actually do with a new well, offensive coordinator. You, you know, Derek, I mean, I, th- I think – more than that, I mean, how often, I mean, in my opinion, these might be the two best teams in college football, and they're meeting opening weekend. I mean, it, it is, it's a preview of potentially the national championship opening weekend. I mean, the, the storylines that will come from this are going to be great. Um, I, I'm, I'm, this is my number one game, too. I, I am really intrigued by this game. I, the most thing I'm intrigued by is Jalen Hurd, um, how much he improves from next year, last year. I mean, he was kind of this unknown quantity. Now teams have a t- chance to look at him. And Florida State has a defense that can play him. Yeah, I think you guys are right. This is the premier game of the college football season, whether out of conference, in conference, whatever. This is the premier sure. game. And there's no loser in this game. As long as it is a close game, neither one of these teams are going to lose. Because at the, uh, end of the, at the end of the day, who, you know, if, they, if they run their tables, this <laughs> loss is not going to affect them. If, if they play it close. I mean, so... They're, but, but technically, they're one's not going to score as much as the other. So, yeah, there is going to be a loser. Okay, Justin. there's going to be a loser in this game, but it's not a loser for the season. I mean, you're they're set. This is They're in a good situation by playing each other. 
Is there a chance they may reunite down the line, maybe? Uh, with I, more I think this is the preview of the national championship. I, I think, I mean, I haven't made my official prediction yet, but there is a really big chance that this will be my national championship. Who do you like in this game right now, Tyler? If you were to pick today. I, I like Florida State. I, I, I am not convinced that, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be the player that he, we think he is. And I think that the difference in that game is going to be quarterback play. And I see it being a closed game, but one quarterback needs to make a play. And I, I don't think it's Alabama. I agree. I, I, I like uh, Florida State in this game. Derek? Well, I think it's hard to pick up against Bama. I'll, I'll go with Bama. Fair enough. Even, 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 even with the new offensive coordinator. Yeah, the third one. You know, There's probably going to be a fourth one in a couple weeks anyway. Um, number two, I'll take that one. Uh, we got Clemson Tigers versus the Auburn Tigers, so Battle of the Tigers. This is intriguing because you have Clemson, defending national champions, coming back for one more go-around. Uh, and they're going to be doing without Deshaun Watson. So that in itself is a really interesting and intriguing storyline. But I think the other one here is Auburn. And I think, gentlemen, the Auburn fans are getting restless. I think they're getting sick of coming in number two to the Crimson Tide. And I wonder, I wonder if Gus Malzahn is going to be on a slightly warmer seat this year. What do you guys think? I think Clemson reloads and beats the shit out of them. Okay, there's one option. Uh, I, I don't even know if it's reloading at this point. They're returning 12 starters. Clemson wins this game by double digits. Now that I'm not making my official pick, I can say that. <laughs> Derek? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think Clemson's got a lot of missing pieces, especially at quarterback. They lost their top uh, running back, lost some key defensive players. I, I think Auburn comes in there and beats them. I agree. I think Auburn's got more at stake here. I think Gus Malzahn's uh, job is on the line starting this year. So I'm going to go with War Eagle on that one. Number three. All right. This is my intriguing game right here. Texas at USC. Uh, by the way, for those listeners that we have uh, playing along, drink every time that we say the word intriguing or intrigue. I would just like everybody to boo you for picking the two worst teams in the country. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, look, I live in Texas, so uh, Texas, they're in, the same, they're in a similar situation as Nebraska fans were during the Callahan era. You know, they're trying to drink their sorrows away from the Charlie Strong experiment. Uh, and so, you know, if you look at Texas, what they've done the last three years, the last three years they haven't even posted – a winning season. The last two seasons, they went five and seven, missed a bowl game. And their Charlie Strong's first year, they made a bowl game at six and six and lost. They're they're in they're in it for a bad way, you know. And so let's see if uh, Tom Herman is the god that they think he is, and he can go out to <laughs> USC and uh, down down the Trojans. I mean, I, that's why I think it's going to be interesting because all eyes are on Tom Herman. Damn you for making me feel sorry for the Longhorns. I will never forgive you for that. I'm just saying. Tyler? Well, so Justin, who did you have in that game? Oh, USC all the way. <laughs> you, you know, the Tom, the Tom Herman uh, you know, project, you know, God, 
Let, let's get it out of the way. Everyone who's listening to this knows I hate Iowa. A team I may hate more than Iowa is Texas. That makes sense. Uh, I, I despise the Longhorns, but I will say they got a coach that I really admire, Tom Herman. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a good coach. Damn you for making me say this, God Almighty, but I think he's going to turn them back around. Um, you know, the intriguing thing about this game to me, this is the first time they've played since the National Championship Rose Bowl with Vince Young making that comeback, which is maybe the best college football game I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really think that this is going to be a decent game, better than a lot of people think, but I think USC wins it. Derek, let's say you. Well, I'm just going to put it out there. I'll be rooting for Texas all the way in this game. <laughs> We're in bizarre. US, USC will be the higher-rated team. I'll always root for the upset. I hate both teams, but I'll root for the upset. We but at the end of the day, Sam Darnold's just way too much for a struggling def- Texas defense. USC probably cruises past Texas. We had a similar thing last year with Texas versus Notre Dame, and then Texas beat Notre Dame, and everyone was just anointing them as the team. The t- Texas is back. The almighty cap is back. Yeah. I think this time it's legit, and I'm going to go with Texas over USC, and I, I too, think Tom Herman's going to be the turnaround. Justin, I can tell. Uh, you live in, Since you live near Austin, you're, like, drinking all that tainted water down there, but... Uh, Help me, Justin. I can't uh, leave. Trying. I'm trying but, to leave. No, I was just going to say, when they beat Notre Dame last year and they kind of got on that roll, God, they jumped all the way up to like nine in the, nine in the uh, standings. Yeah, they certainly did. Yeah. And it was just a paper tiger, you know. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Who's got that one? I'll take this one. Um, I mean, this is a game that I'm intrigued on mostly because of the results of last year. Uh, TCU at Arkansas. Um, last year it was a overtime game, 41-38. I mean, when we look at the non-conference schedules, I mean, they're pretty slim pickings after the games we've mentioned. And, I mean, I, th- I think this is a game that, if you look at the results of last year, both teams have a lot to prove. It's in SEC territory. TCU's been a team that's been kind of trying to get that national spotlight, trying to get to that playoff berth. They're going there. Can they win? Uh, and honestly, I don't think they can. I think Arkansas wins this game uh, at home. They defend their home field. Yeah, I think it's going to be close like last year, but got the, the coin flip says TCU is going to win at this point. Derek? You and that damn coin flip. <laughs> you love it. Just call him Two-Face. You know, I don't know. TCU went 6-7 and seven last year. I just... Can't imagine Patterson having two bad years in a row. I think he'll turn it back around. I, I think he wins this game. I'm honor bound to hate Bielma and everything he stands for. So I'm going to go with TCU. I think Patterson's a good coach. They'll get it turned around Big 12. It's going to be intriguing, that conference. Who's got the next? That's you. All right. I'll, I'll, oh, I don't know who that is. I'll take it. So... This game is probably going to be possibly a battle of the worst again, but the only reason I really find this game so intriguing is Ole Miss at Cal. The, the reason I found a lot of this so intriguing was because since 1893, when Ole Miss started, 
This is only the second time they will play in the Pacific time zone since 1893. Hmm. That is insane. It just proves wow. how much the SEC does not travel. They get everybody to come play in their country. So I, I don't know. Plus, Ole Miss has all this crap going on, possibly sanctions by the time the season starts. It would be interesting to see how bad they really are, I guess. It's going to be interesting. They're going to start out as one team, and then they're probably going to end up as another team <laughs> by the end of the season. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts? That Hugh Furies is uh, really sad that he can't make this trip because they got good escort services in California. <laughs> but, uh, Burn! Because, uh, because what Derek's saying, that the SEC doesn't travel outside SEC country. I like Cal in this game. Tyler? Uh... Yeah, I mean, it, God, this is a game that, I mean, I don't think I would turn tune into. I mean, these are two teams I think they're going to finish middle of the pack at best. They may not make a bull, either of these two teams, but at the end of the day, Cal's not a good football program at this point. Uh, Ole Miss wins this game. I'll say go Bears. Well, I think there's too much tumult with the Ole Miss. Uh, go ahead, Derek. Well, let's not forget that Ole Miss is like, what, three years removed from being in the national championship hype. Like, they yeah, were that, number that, one for a little while. I mean, they yeah, were paying their players to do it, but, I mean, they still did it, right? That, that's why so they I, had I, a coach. I, I do think Cal wins this game. I think, I think Ole Miss just has too much going on. Yeah, they got so much stuff to deal with right now. All right, that gives me number six, which is Texas A&M Aggies and the UCLA Bruins. Again, another intriguing tale of uh, two coaches that might be on the hot seat, particularly, I think, Sumlin. I, I have a feeling this is going to be Kevin Sumlin's last year uh, with Texas A&M. That fan base has been very patient. They haven't done anything since Johnny Football. I think he's on his way out. But he's going to be playing like his job depends on it. And uh, I do think that the Aggies do come up with something that gives them a little bit of hope for the for the season, and then it all comes tumbling down. Uh, Justin, I'm, I'm going with Texas A&M this game only because you know I've seen, been to a couple of games down in College Station. Their fans are great. That's I'm not flipping a coin. I'm going with the better fans. And they have the 12th man, so there you go, uh, Tyler. <laughs> I know uniforms. <laughs> we have not got to the beginning of college football yet, and I have not started looking enough in the teams to know. Um, but I, I'm going to take a and I, I think I think just off history, they're the better team. Derek? Well, I, first off, I want to disagree with you on uh, on on a on someone being the guy that's on the hot seat the, the most because Mora went five or four and eight last year. And UCLA ain't going to deal with that. So I think I think this is a must-win for UCLA. I think they'll show up for it. I think UCLA will beat them in the Rose Bowl. They love more out in UCLA. They really do love him out in California. Every report, I, the leash they've given him, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they you know, crapped the bed again this year and they kept him around for another year. I doubt it. Four and eight seasons get you on the hot seat no matter what. Especially if they beat like the Trojans, UCLA. it's all good. I mean, as long as you beat the Trojans, right? But Okay, who's got next? All right. For my intriguing game, drink, I got Oregon at Wyoming. 
And on the surface, it doesn't sound intriguing. But I think with uh, this game occurring one week after the Nebraska game, I think that's what I'll tune into this game. Because uh, depending on how Nebraska does against Wyoming or does against Oregon, I'd like to see what Wyoming does. And, uh, you know, Wyoming last year, they scored a lot of points. And uh, Oregon's defense was really bad. I'm curious to see if Wyoming, Wyoming can keep it up and, uh, you know, put up some points against this Oregon defense if they haven't fixed their defensive flaws. So that's what makes it intriguing to me. Tyler? Justin, are you, are you reading Derek's picks for interesting games? Because that, that's a dumbass <laughs> pick right there. <laughs> I, let, 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 me, let me... Let, let me, let words, me, Tyler. <laughs> let, let me just preference this by saying that I, I do think Wyoming is going to be a more um, competitive team in the non-Power 5 conferences this year. I think the Boise State-Wyoming game maybe the battle for the best non-Power 5 conference this year. But if, if you're going to ask me Oregon versus Wyoming, Oregon, a team that I'm really concerned if Nebraska can beat in Wyoming, a team that I think we could beat by 30 in our sleep, I, I this is not even going to be a competitive game. Oregon runs the field with Wyoming. Derek? Well, that's uh, pretty strong there. Yeah. However... I, I, I think Oregon probably runs away with this, but you know, I, I think this is kind of lose lose as far as what as far as what Justin's saying. Because for Nebraska, if we if we go in and win or lose at Oregon, and they go on to struggle against Wyoming, nothing's going to look good for Nebraska there. We're kind of used to like, so, unless, so, so unless Oregon just completely destroys them, and we beat Oregon, then then maybe. You could say, yeah, we'd be a legitimate, decent team at that point in the season. But In ball, I trust, but not that much. I think Oregon romps them. All right, we're winding it down. Who's got the last one, or next last one, I should say? Yeah, so I'll go. And, and I just want to preference, you know, you know my, my, I, I do think for the Huskers, there is some intrigue to that game. If or if if Oregon does lose to Wyoming, which there's no way I see that happening, that that obviously would be a very telling game to Nebraska fans. But but my next game again, I I kind of took this as a what games happened last year that we're going to see that home and home rematch that I find very intriguing. Uh, and, and plus you other three took way better games than I got. Uh, but so I'm. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to go Oklahoma State at Pitt. You know, Pitt had a really weird season last year. I mean, they beat Penn State. Uh, you know, that, that was a team. You know, obviously they – but their record at the end of the year was not that great. I mean, they were barely above a 500 team. Um, one of the teams they lost to was uh, Oklahoma State, and they lost on a 45-38 game last year. Uh, it, it was a great game. It was a, you know – Borderline classic, um, and this year Oklahoma State's coming in. They they've got a little hype going into the season. Pitt, Pitt you know, we're we're seeing where they're turning to. The, I I think there's gonna be intrigue in that game. Um, at the end of the day, I think Oklahoma State wins that game. I think they go on the road and they win the game at Pitt. 
Well, you know, you talked about last year's game. That was the first time these two teams had ever met. And last year, there was five lead changes and four ties in that game. Talk about a good game. I mean, that's entertaining. I just, I mean, just that's great. Uh, I, I, I do think Pitt wins this game, though, on the road or with uh, with Oklahoma State going on the road. Plus, Oklahoma State's on the road the week before at Alabama State. Or, hmm. Yeah, no, South Alabama. I'm sorry, South okay. Alabama. And so, uh, two road games in a row. I, I think Oklahoma State gets upset in this one. Justin, any hey, thoughts? I'm riding. The, I'm riding the mullet right here. You know, <laughs> I'm taking the mullet. Oklahoma State. They've had double digit wins the last two years. Uh, I think. I think Oklahoma State's going to be one of those teams. He, they're going to be one of two teams playing in that first Big 12 championship with 10 teams. Uh, the meaningless one. one. <laughs> <laughs> the meaningless rematch. I would call that we call a championship game. Yes, they will be in that one. And I think on, on the uh, path to mullet destruction, they're going to take Pitt out. I'm going to have to go with Coach Gundy because he's a man and he's past 40. Um, they'll, they'll beat the pit. Uh, and speaking of beating the pit, uh, we got one last one, a bonus one. Youngstown State, the Fighting Pelinis, the Pelini Penguins are traveling out to pit for our bonus game. So I'm going to have to say that that'll probably be a pit win uh, for me. And I know I'm going against Pelini on that, but what can I say? Justin? <laughs> you went to me. Wow. Uh, you know, let's not forget, uh, Polini took Youngstown State to the FCS national title last year. You know, they, they mm-hmm. kind of skated by, but, you know, they, they made it there. Uh, I don't know if he can make this interesting, but... Uh, well, what's intriguing is... What's intriguing, drink everyone, uh, is, you know, whether Pelini, uh, how often he loses his shit on the sidelines. Uh, Tyler, what about you? What do you think? Uh, does Pitt have a mobile quarterback? Cause I, I really don't know that answer because if they do, Pitt will win by 50 points and rush for 500 yards because Bo Pelini does not know how to stop a mobile quarterback. Uh, I, I, I really don't know this game, but I, God, I do know this. There is no way Young South State's beating Pitt this year. Uh, Pitt has a better head coach, more talent. It's not even comparable. Hey, are, are you Justin? guys going to be rooting against Polini though? A little I, bit. Go Penguins! Oh. <laughs> I'll be rooting for Mr. Polini all the way. I knew you would. They're not going to win. I'm starting to catch They're you. They're not going to win, but hey, I'll root for him. Well, my my, my second least favorite I mean, head coach, Bo Pelini. Yeah, I think it's a victory if Bo Pelini keeps his temper and you know keeps calm on the sideline. Yeah, or he has a know. great history of that. Yeah, or just stays resigned to the loss. If he doesn't so, punch a ref. It's a good thing. Yeah, if he pulls a Woody Hayes, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, and that will do it for us here at the Cuzcast. If you want to hit us up, visit our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean and Twitter at HuskerCuzcast. We're also available on iTunes, so don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at HuskerCuzcast at Yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes. Praise, more praise, or trolls to your heart's content. Practice? We talking about practice? Damn right we are! 
Fall practice begins on Sunday. Football is upon us once more. Oh, fractious day. The drought is dead. Until next time, as always, go Big Red! Go Big Red! Go Big Red!